Okay, let's get started with Parsha's Kisisa, Tavshin Ayin Dalid. As we start the Parsha of the Cheta Egel, as we know, that's why the first two Alios are so long, because the Yisrael is not allowed to have those Alios. We have to have Kohanim and Levim, whose great, great, great ancestors did not take part, and only they can read the Psukim of the Torah that discuss this great tragedy that we'll talk about a little bit, uh, later on in this year, as we do <coughs> each year. But before that, there are a number of mitzvos that are listed in Parshas Kisisa, which gets us started tonight. Uh, a couple of thoughts about all three, three of the mitzvos that, that come up. We start off at the beginning, Machsas HaShekel. We're not going to focus on that this year. Um, maybe we'll talk about that in Shkalim, which is in a couple of weeks. Uh, not, uh, not so soon because of the leap year. But then we have the mitzvah of the Kior. The Kiar and the mitzvah of the Kohen to wash his hands and his feet every time in the morning before he does the Avodah. Says the Torah by Dabar Shem Moshe Limar, Paraglamet Pasuk Yuzayin. V'yasisa Kiar Nechoshes, V'chanon Nechoshes L'Rachsa, you shall make a Kiar of copper and a base to hold the Kiar of copper. The Ramam calls this, categorizes this as two separate Kalim. The Kano and the Kiar L'Rachsa <coughs> to wash. V'nasato so, ben o amoido ben amizbeach. And it is placed, it is not placed where we thought it should be placed, it's placed west of the Mizbeach. One would think, one enters the Azara from the east side, you're going to go wash your hands first, and then go to the Mizbeach, and yet it's put on the west side of the Mizbeach, between the ramp and the Heichel, that's what the Torah says, that's where we put it. And Aaron and his children wash their hands and wash their feet. Whenever they go to the Avoda, some opinions even whenever they would walk in the Heichal each time. And the Torah ends off by saying, if they don't, then there is dire consequences. If they do not wash their hands, well, we learn it out implicitly. They wash their hands and their feet in the morning, they shall not die. If they do the avoda, lacking shaloh rachutz yadayim v'raglayim, they're chayiv misa. That's a pretty serious offense for just washing hands and feet. Question number one, why is that so serious? Okay, you have to wash your hands and your feet. So you have to chayiv misa. And just to add to that, usually in Chazah, where this is linked to, there's another psul which usually, and that's linked to Mechusr Begadim. Many times in Mesechah Zvachim. These two are always linked. You don't go in with the proper clothing, you don't go in washing your hands and feet. And even in the Torah Shebechsav, last week's Parsha, Parsha Tetzavah was all about the first half, where it's about the big day Kahuna. Then we stuck in one or two Kalim, which should have been in Truma, but was put in Tetzavah for various reasons. But then the first Mitzvah, after Machsas Shekel, which is generally due with the Mishkan, is Rechitzas Yadayim Raglayim. So even juxtaposed in the Torah, we have the mitzvah of clothing and lack thereof, bringing a chi of misa. If a kohen hediot or a kohen gadol does not wear the proper attire, and the av shalom rachot yodayim says the. So what is the connection and why is it so serious? Says Rav Shamshin Rafal Hirsch. Very creative thought. Says Rav Hirsch, a kohen's entire body is covered. And he's not allowed to have anything extra on him. Just the four required begadim, nothing more, nothing less. And then the Kohen Gadol, the big day kahuna Kohen Gadol, the, the tzitz and the, and the choshen and the eifot and the meal, the extra four. The only parts of the Kohen's body, besides his face, 
that is not covered are his hands and his feet. His hands and his feet aren't covered. One could even say his face is covered because the hat on top of his head is Yotze, the face, so to speak, the entire skull. But the hands and the feet are not covered. What gives them sanctity? What makes them Kadosh Lashem? They're about to do the Avodah, the entire part of the body of the Kohen. He's like a Klisharis. He is sanctified to work in the base of Middash. The hands and the feet are not um, covered. Says Rav Hirsch, that's the washing of the hands. This symbolic nature of the priesthood, we start off in source number one, is bestowed on the whole of the rest of their bodies by being clothed in the priestly garments. The rest of their bodies, big day kahuna. Only their hands and feet, the principal means of their doing and endeavors, remain unclothed. That's, that's the lamaisa. What did they do the avoda with? The feet and the hands. They're not allowed to wear shoes. There can't be any chatzitza. Any separation between the feet and the kedusha, the floor of Harabayas. And the hands. Kohen can't wear gloves. There was a story even about a Kohen in the Gemara who, who became disgusted that, oh, I'm gonna, it's, so, it's, so, it's so bloody, I have to wear gloves. I, he cares very much. And he, was, his, he, he met his demise because he looked at the avoda as something, something lowly. There can't be any chatzitza. The hands and the feet are the active players, parts of the body. So what gives them kedusha? That's the water. They can't have something on them permanently because there can't be any separation between their hands and the what they're and the the kalim and the feet and the floor. But we symbolically clothe them and garb them with the with the holy waters. The holy waters. It wasn't a towel rack next to the kiar. At least we don't have any record of the towel rack. And Mistama, they did not dry their hands on their clothing because the Gemara talks about that if it doesn't look, it doesn't look uh, proper, it doesn't fit perfectly, they didn't do that. It was air-dried. HaKadosh Baruch Hu dried. Sorry? Okay, by Tevila, by Tevila there was Mistapeg. Well, Olo Mistapeg, right. But, but by the, by the kiar, we don't have that. Says Reverse, that's the washing. And after all, if you think about it, it's clear that the washing is not for cleanliness. That this washing was not to be taken in the concrete meaning of cleanliness is clear from the conditions. For example, we know the halach is if they wash outside the azara, it doesn't work. They just wash their hands. The same washing. If they wash in the azara without a klisha race, it doesn't work. It's not for cleanliness. The purpose is hakdasha. The purpose is sanctification. Sanctification of all 20 digits. Right, you got the ten fingers and the ten and the ten toes, and that is somewhat of a garb to make the body, the entire body of the Kohen, into a klisharis. And towards the bottom, we see the line thirty. The kiar itself is not essential. Any other klisharis would do. The water is to be made into an element of the sanctuary, napo, and clothe them as the garments of the sanctuary do to the rest of the body with the element of the sanctuary. That's why Shalorachus Yadayim Raglayim is, is placed always with Mechusr Begadim. Because they're connected, they follow each other in the Torah, and this gets the Kohen into the state that he has to be in before, before he does the Avodah. So that is a message that we could take with us, but there's even a Lamaisa that we could take with us. Rachus Yadayim Raglayim Bizman Hazet. We know we don't have a base of Migdash. Meheri Bana base of Migdash. We should be Zochet to, the Kohanim should be Zochet to wash their hands and their feet. But there is something that we do a Lachalamaisa today that relates to that. We know there are three reasons why we wash our hands every morning. Three reasons. 
and we're machmir to assume all three reasons in terms of halachic discussions and differences and afkaminas based on those three reasons. The rush writes the Masechah's brachas, we wash our hands for cleanliness in the morning. During the night, we might have touched a part of our body that is dirty, that is sweaty, and therefore we have to wash our hands every morning. According to that reason, one wouldn't need to use a cleat. Just wash your hands. That's reason number one. Reason number two, quoted in a different Gemara, is the most famous reason, Ruach Ra'ah. The evil spirit that rests on one's hands, either because of night or because of sleep. We're machmir for both reasons. So if you take a nap during the day, you have to wash your hands also afterwards without a bracha. If you have both, night and sleep, then we make a bracha. But that's reason number two. And that's why we wash three times on each hand. Because that's for Ruach Ra'ah reasons. But then there's a third reason. And that's the Rashba. The Rashba in in source number two, relates it to our parsha. V'yim tish'al, this is just a section of the Rashba's tshuva. V'yim tish'al, ma'ishna tefilas ha-shachar mitfilas mincha What's the difference between washing in the morning before shachris and washing before mincha and ma'irif? Is there a difference between the two? The Rashba's assumption in the question is that it has something to do with preparing for prayer. Says the Rashba, no, there's a difference. Yesh lomar, lefisha b'shachar anu na'asim kebirya chadasha. Every morning we are a new creation. New creation. We've mentioned in the past, it's an unbelievable gift from God that there's something called a day. Now imagine if we were born and we were awake for the next 120 years. Just going straight. If you had a bad day, it would never end. Right? There would never be, you woke up on the wrong side of life. Right? And that's it. You just go straight. HaKadosh Baruch who gives us such a matana. We have a new beginning every 24 hours. Could wake up in the morning. And if, and, if, and if we wake up and we have a headache and we're tired, we just got to get through the day. Because then we'll go to sleep again and hopefully tomorrow morning it'll be different. And if we had a tough day at work or with the family or any case, just go to sleep. Wake up in the morning. Birya Chadasha. Unbelievable gift. Baruch takes our neshama every night. He, he, he scrubs it. He soaps it. Right? Makes it pure. Gives us back to us. Clean. Like we wake up in the morning, the whole kitchen is done. Clean. We get it back. It's unbelievable. We have to acknowledge that. We have to acknowledge we're about to do something new. And every morning when we wake up, each of us have an avoda to do. We're about to embark on the avoda of today. The Zohar writes that we are each writing a book and every page of the book is a day of our lives. And that's the avoda that we have to do. That's why in the morning we have all these brachas. We even said it yesterday. We already said from yesterday. What are we saying it today for? What are we? Standing up. We said all these brachas yesterday. The point is because now it's a new day and it's a new me. And I'm a new person. I'm a new creation. So if I'm new, I have to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu again. Here's the key line for us. Therefore, we need to sanctify ourselves. And we have to do the Tzilo Shedayim in the morning. An amazing line. Just like a coin before his avoda washes his hands, so too we, before our avoda, wash our hands. Yes, you might ask, why don't we have to wash our feet? Right? Not for now. Why don't we have to wash our feet? Maybe it's connected to they used to walk around barefoot, so it was more dirty, but that's where that leads to cleanliness. Okay, kasha. Not for now. 
But that is the Rashba's third, the third reason why we wash our hands in the morning and relating the Kiyar, the Mitzvah of the Kiyar, to our lives, Bizman Azeh. Again, a very inspiring Rashba that each of us have an Avoda to do every single day of our lives and the washing of the hands reminds us and sanctifies us to do that, to do that avoda. One could say the tefillin and the tzitzis are connected to the big day kahuna. Also, one could stretch this. This is idea number one. The mitzvah of rechitzas yadayim v'raglai. Moving right along. The next mitzvah in the Torah. After rechitza comes ktores. The next section. Again, the first couple of aliyos are jam-packed. Second aliyah is the Ego, but the first aliyah has a number of mitzvot. Vayadabra Hashem Moshe Lehi Hashem says to Moshe, Vyatakachlecha, Bissamim Rosh, take the Bissamim, Mar Deror. Right, we're getting into Purim mood. Mar Deror, the Gemara says, is a reference to Mordechai, a remez. Chamesh Meos, Vakinon Bes, Bemachatiso, Knei Bosem. Take all these Bissamim. Well, this isn't the Torah yet, I'm sorry. And then we have Shemen Mishchas Kodesh, and you take the spices and you make the anointing oil. That's one section. And then we have the Torahs. After that, V'yam HaShem Moshe, Kach Lecha Samim, Nataf, Shcheles, Chelbana, Samim, Levon Azaka, Bad Vavad, and you mix it all up and you make the Torahs. Mamulach, add some salt. V'shachach Temen Adek, you have to grind it very well. V'nasatim Emenu, V'nai Eidos, Ba'ol Moed. And where do you put the Torahs? In front of the Eidos. What does that mean? In the Heichal. As we know, the little Mizbeach, which has three names, the Mizbeach HaPnimi, Mizbeach HaZahav, Mizbeach HaKtores, the third name, that's done inside the Heichal. It's fascinating that that is the only Avoda, actually one of only two Avodos that are not done in the Azara. The Azara gets everything. But there are two Avodos that we do inside the Heichal. Actually, if you want to include the weekly lechem upon him, but we have the menorah, which is a different type of avoda. But the only time that we burn something, like we're makrib something, everything is hokrav, either on the mizbeach outside or out sometimes even outside the base of Migdash. The one time that we're makrib anything inside is the ktoris. Something special about the ktoris. We know the Mishnah tells us in Yuma, the Karnam used to fight over it. He used to fight over the ktoris. It was a skula for Ashiras. School of for becoming rich, and they, that, that's connected, uh, some sources say, connected to being a santik at a bris somehow, of uh, the, the Ktores, you know, the Vilna Gon writes on Shulchan Arach, I never saw a santik get rich. Never saw a santik get rich. Okay, that's the gross comment. But either way, it's something special. So if you look in the Panini Torah, in source number three, he quotes, talks about this, the uniqueness of the Ktores, line seven. V'hatam sh'achaviv v'ktores yosem mikala karbanos. The reason that the Ktores is so beloved all of them. Every carbon, some in a major way, some in a minor way, have something to do with something gone bad. Something wrong. Asham and Chatas for sure. Even a carbon ola, the Gemara says, is Machaper for the nullification of a mitzvah saseh. A mincha, if I volunteer a mincha or a shlamim, why am I giving? I, I must want to give something to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Maybe I, he did something or I did something. The only one that's pure always, Ktoris. You can't volunteer Ktoris. Ktoris is brought on behalf of Klal Yisrael, and it's brought inside. Avoktoris loy sabal shum chait elo lesimcha. 
As the Pasuk says in Mishlei, the menorah, the Shemin of the menorah of the Ketores is Mesameach. And they are connected to each other, as we know. The menorah inside and the Ketores. The Ketores is something special. Based on that, turning over the page, there is a minog. It's not a din, but it's a minog quoted in the first simon in Shulchan Aruch to recite the Ketores every day. So in Eretz Yisrael, no problem because it's part of the daily chakras. It's the last, the last paragraph. Some say the Ketores in Karbanos, and also there's Pizza Maktores at the end of the davening. But Al Pi Kabbalah, Rav Shimon Yachoya, line two, says Ilu Yadu Abrios Kamagdola Maalas Pizza Maktores of Nekodesh Baruchu. If people would realize the the unique quality of the Ketores, and as we know. Saying the Ktores is Ki'ilu, we're being makriv the Ktores. Hayulochim kalteva v'teva, we would take every word of the paragraph. Uma'atrimosa, we would wrap it and crown it. Uvasavim azarosh, katerish azav, we would say it slowly, we would focus if we would realize the power of the Ktores. And then he quotes, obviously translated a story from the Zohar in Parshas Vayera. There was a Tana. Or an Amora, maybe. Ravacha. Shahalach liiracha shenikra Tarsha. He once went to a city called Tarsha, which means rocks. It was a rocky city. Rocky city. Vinisareach etzel balabaisechad. And he went to somebody's house. And at that time, Tarsha was going through a terrible, devastating plague. It's a plague. Pashta magefa kasha shivas yamim ritzufin. There were seven days in a row. Kishro Beniyiras Ravacha. They saw Ravacha. They said, "Oh, the God of Ladar." They run into the person. His house at Ravacha. You got to come, Davin. You got. You got to help us. There's this terrible plague going on. People are are dropping left and right. You have to help us. You, you have any answers? You have any ideas? What What should we do? Line sixteen. Armer Laham Neilach Lebeis Haknesses. Let's go to the shul. Vinispalel and Davin. Lefnei Hashem Yisbarach Sheyatzor Asamagefa. Let's Let's go to the shul. So you start going to the shul. Ba'odam hochen lebeis haknesses. As they're on their way to the shul, halchu uba'u anashim. V'sipru. Sh'amagifa holechel v'skaberes. On the way to the shul, people run and they see, they see, they say, there's no time. There's no time that people are still are being hit. So-and-so died and so-and-so is about to. Ravachah says, forget it, we don't have time. Extreme measures. No time to gather in the shul. What do we do? Tasu kifisha animetzaveschem. Listen to what I'm going to tell you. Bacharu bibeinechem, arba'im anashim and I'm of charm shabachem. I need forty men. Forty men. Shatem akirim bohem shem yirei shemayim v'ani beinechem. I'll go also. Give me forty forty men, thirty nine, and we'll go. We'll go to every side of the city. La arba ruchosayir, ten men to each side of the city. And we will all recite with all of our emotion and hearts, Pita Maktoris. Umaisa Hakarbanos. Ubeezos Hashem Teatra If it worked in the Torah for Aaron Akoin, I'm going to try it too, said Ravacha. But Amnon, that's what they did. They went to the four sides of the city, Asar National Chotzad, and they said Pita Maktoris each three times on the sides. Viachare Shasukain, Amelam Ravacha. And after they did that, Ravacha says, okay, let's go around to the houses where there are sick people. Tavdilu kama anashim ibenechem. I need some helpers. V'yelchulu batim shosham shofim cholim. We'll go to the places where the people are sick and we'll say it there too. Ukesheyigmeru. And when they finish, yomru shalosh pamim. And afterwards, say the following psukim three times. 
Vayomer Moshe El Aaron Kachas Amachta, as we know, in Sefer by Midbar. Take the Machta, Vitsein Ola Eishbe Alam Mizbeach, Vitsim Ktores. Vaholech Mehera used the Ktores to stop the plague. The Jewish people thought that Ktores was only to bring plague. Stop the plague. And they went back and forth and back and forth, and they were able to control the plague. And finally, after they calmed down and everything was a little beshalva, Rabacha fell asleep. He was exhausted. He was under so much pressure. He was running around. He, he, he collapsed. V'yachare calls that line 37, near Dumber of Acham Erov Chulsha. V'shama sh'omrim lo b'chalamo, and he has a dream. K'shem she'bidalta menesa magefa. You used the secret weapon. You used the Torah to stop the magefa. But if you stop the plague from the city, there's something else you have to do. Kentasa lahachziram b'tshuva. You have to bring them back and get them to do tshuva because what do you think the whole reason for the plague was? They needed to repent. It's a magic weapon, but it's only a temporary measure. Ravacha went up and gave the drasha. And, as we know from other stories in Tanakh, the old tshuva shlema. From that day on, Ravacha changed the name of the city. Shina Ravacha Shema Irshais and Nikris Tarsha used to be called the Rocky City and called it Masa Machasya, a city in the Gemara, the city of compassion, the city that Akadish Baruch had Rachmanus on. Masa Machasya, Ir Harachamim, Sherichem Akadish Baruch Ola Irazos who beat him in Exira The next time that comes up in the in the Gemara that we're learning, Masa Machasya. Now we know the history of the city. Used to be Tarsha. But now it's Masa Machasia, as we know, one of the great Torah centers in, in Bavel. This is the power of the Torah. And as we said, Simon Aleph and Shulchan Aruch, the minig is quoted of saying it. If you look on the next page, in the Piskei Chuvos, there in Arachayim and Chelek Aleph, he quotes Al Pikabala the Arizal, as you would have guessed, was very supportive of the Minog, of saying it. He was Marich, right? Some even have the Minog of saying it from a cloth. Some shuls have it hanging from a cloth. But either way, even just saying it, the magical, we don't understand it. We don't understand the magic of the Torah, but we know it was an inner avoda. we know it wasn't Baal Chet, and we know it was Otsar HaMagefen, Sefer Bamidbar. And we know there's magic to it. So nowadays, what can we do? Say the words. Say the words, and he quotes on the top of the left column, there were even those great, great Gaonim, they used to count with their fingers to make sure they didn't miss any. The 11 spices. Right, not to miss one and to show chashivus to this avoda. So again, it's another mitzvah at the beginning of our parsha. We don't have a beis hamikdash, but maybe it's something that we could put into our lives and maybe just say with a little more kavana or in chutzlaretz when at least it's said on Shabbos to say it with a little extra kavana to realize its special quality that the Torah gives it. Okay, so then we have the mishkan. After the Ktores, and after we have the Mishkan for the first time, before the second time, we have Shabbos and the Mishkan linked. As we know, the beginning of next week's Parsha also, next week's Parsha is Vayakel, just Vayakel, as we have Baruch Hashem this year, we have every Parsha gets its own week. No doubles. No doubles, Baruch Hashem. Right? No doubles. Right? Every Parsha gets its own week. Chukas Balak are never together in, uh, in Eretz Yisrael. But, um, in any case, so we have here the link of Shabbos and the Mishkan. 
As we know, that's the source for Obalech Shabbos. Let's focus on one of the psukim that we have related to Shabbos as we normally do. Two thoughts related to Shabbos. Torah tells us, Ushmartem on Shabbos, Kikodashi Lachem, keep Shabbos. It is holy for you. Sheshes Yamim Yei Asem Elacha, six days work shall be done. Ovayom Ashvi, Shabbat Shabbason. Yom Kippur is not the only day called Shabbat Shabbason. Shabbos is also called Shabbat Shabbason. And the Torah continues, Veshabu Vene Israel as a Shabbos, Laasos as a Shabbos, Ladorosom, Veris Olam. The Psukim that we have a minog of saying every Friday night. We say have a minute of saying, some have a minute of saying every Shabbos morning. Psukim, right here in Kisisa. B'nai Yisrael, guard the Shabbos, just as Shabbos guards the Jew. La'asos says a Shabbos, l'dorosam b'ris olam. B'nai Yisrael, it's an os, it's a sign. And we give ages to HaKadosh Baruch Hu every single, every single Friday night. We testify that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world. Okay, so much to say about Shabbos. Two thoughts. First, a question that is asked by many. The Shemr B'nai Yisrael is a Shabbos. We've said it so many times. Do we ever think about what the next word means? La'asos es ha-Shabbos l'dorosam b'ris olam. We need to guard the Shabbos. La'asos es ha-Shabbos. What does that mean? To make the Shabbos? How do you make Shabbos? Hashem makes Shabbos. Even if I don't want it to be Shabbos. Even if I'm running late. How do I make Shabbos? We say you make Shabbos. But... What does that mean? What does that require of me to make Shabbos? Ask the Tosefes Bracha, or the Torah Tamima's other Sefer. The Tosefes Bracha, source number six. Halashon la'asos eno muvan inyano. What does that mean? Parshas Veschanan also. Akhem sivcha shalokecha la'asos is a Shabbos. In the second, second Aseris Adibros. Umatzinu, he says, I understand the Indian Shabbos, Lashon, Zechira, remembering something, I know what that means. Zacharis Yom Shabbos Lakacho, that I understand. I remember. Or sometimes Chazal say means Zachar means Lahaskir, to mention. Okay, I understand what to do. Oh, Lashon, Shmira. I also know what Shmira means. Shamar, guard the Shabbos. Don't do Malacha. I also know that. V'chein Lashon, Kibud. Honor Shabbos. V'kibadato me'asos terachecha. So I understand all of these. It's remembering and honoring. Honor. How do you honor? So you have, you have, uh, I get ready for it and I enjoy myself on Shabbos. So all of that I understand. Zechira, Shmira, Oneg, Kavod. But what's Asiya? What's Asiya? How do you make Shabbos? He says, what does it mean to make Shabbos? But may, maybe, even at the beginning of the answer, the way that a Jew talks sometimes, even we don't, even we don't realize it, there's something very special there. We call it making Shabbos. We say, oh, what are you making, when are you, when are you making Shabbos? Early or late? Where did that come from? What do you mean making Shabbos? Why do we say that? It comes from this Pasuk. We don't even realize it. Lassos is a Shabbos. Next time we say, when are you making Shabbos? Oh, Lassos is a Shabbos. It says, but what does that mean? So, it's possible, says the Tosefes Bracha, maybe Lassos just means to mention and to say something. After all, we have another example of that. Creation by speech. Where do we have that? Dafyomi had it about a month ago. 
month and a half ago. The Gemara Mesech is Yuma. What does Aaron Akoin do? He stand, or any Kohen Gadol, he stands to the base of Migdash on Yom Kippur. He has the two Si'irim, the two goats. And what does he do? He takes the two Ptakim out of the bowl and he picks one up and he says, Lashem! And all of a sudden, this carbon, this animal is a carbon Lashem. And he says, Lazazel! And now this is Lazazel. So I have created a complete carbon and I have created an animal that's going to be taken out to the cliff. So you, we see that he did something. Va'asahu chatos, the language of the Torah is. He made it a chatos by saying something. So maybe that's what we mean. Va'asos as Yom HaShabbos is Kiddush. Saying and describing Shabbos. Maybe that's one idea. But then he says, no, it's something deeper. And this is what many commentaries say, but we'll see it this year from the Tosefes Bracha. The Gamef Shalafarish line 20. Mishum Shekaldavar Shetzarech Lezachra O Lishamro, I Efshala Mali Chovas Hadavar, Chovas Hazachira O Ashmira, Bipula Shalilis. Can never accomplish something by just not doing something. Even Zachira, if the Torah demands me to be Zocher, there has to be some positive idea behind that too. Klomar. It doesn't just work by not doing something. Why? If I just don't do something, it's not nikar, what I'm not doing, or why I'm not doing something. For example, it's one of the reasons why Chazal instituted the laws of Muksa. The Rambam tells us in Ilkha Shabbos, three reasons for Muksa. One of them, says the Rambam, is imagine a society without electricity. Imagine 200 years ago. Imagine what, let's say somebody was unemployed. He didn't travel every day. He didn't. He hung out on the, on the street corner looking for work. So what if he sat there all week and then came Shabbos? What would be the difference between the whole week and, and Shabbos? Nothing. If he didn't do any malacha, we do malacha because we're in the cars and the lights. and the. But if pre-electricity, what's the difference? That's why one of the reasons Chazal said muksa, at least what you are involved in, what you move around, even if it's not something to do with malacha, is asr. So says the Tosefes Bracha, not doing something doesn't show that it's a special day. That I'm remembering, I'm doing a lishma. V'chen ka'am b'shvisa Shabbos. Im ha'shvisa hi b'sheva al-tase, b'meniyaz kal ma'isa, e'n eker nire b'sivas ha'shvisa. It's not clear. Yan ki efshar sheshove, so mishem she'en l'malasos. Maybe I'm just bored. Maybe I have nothing to do. Maybe I'm retired. And I and I have nothing to uh, to accomplish. Right? So I'm, I'm just relaxing. As the as the Gemara says, certain times when you don't have to worry about a violation of a, of a, of Porish Benat Sibur, maybe he doesn't have any work to do. That's why the Torah says, skipping down, line 36, Lachain Amar HaKasav Khan, Vishamru Vene Yisrael, Lasos. We got to do something positive. We can't just make Shabbos a day of no's. A day of I won't, I won't, I won't, I can't. Klomar. Shmiras HaShabbos, Tricha Lios B'Maisa Chiyuvit. It has to be something positive. We have to do something. We, in Achinami, we have to create Shabbos. How do we create Shabbos? We create it with sanctifying our, our su'uda, with sanctifying our afternoon, with, with raising up the physical. But that's positive. And that's creation. That's lasos. And we have to give this message to our children that Shabbos is not just a day of no's, but it's a day of yeses 
and a day of coming close. On the bottom, Uprati Amais and his barber book of our Shabbos. Bameh. Machabdo as a Shabbos. Bixos Nakia. Different dress. Ubim Begadim Noim. Clean. Right? The, the, the tablecloth. There should be a Shabbos tablecloth. When somebody walks into the room, oh, it's Shabbos. Even if I'm not eating at home on Friday night, the Shabbos tablecloth should be on the table. Because it's Lakovit Shabbos. Because that's a creation. If I put down something, if I, if I take out certain Shabbos items, I've created, I have made Shabbos. And he says, maybe that's even alluded to in Kal Makadesh. The first Zemmer that a Jew sings on Friday night, the Kar of Lamar, there's so much richness in every one of the Zemiras. We don't appreciate it. Most of the Zemiras are written by the Rishonim. But we don't appreciate it because, right, for Koshi we sing a couple, but, but to understand it, to have Kavanah during Zemiras, Let's work on Kavanah during Davening. But Kavanah during Zmiros? That's a Milo. But it's something to shoot for, at least. At least we can talk about it in a Parsha year. So, says the, says the Python, Kol Zera Yaakov Yechabduhu, all Zera Yaakov honor it, Kol Adas Yisrael Yaasuoso. Yaasuoso. How do you mechabit it? By creating it. It's a creation. And it's hard. It's not easy. But that's what's demanded. V'sham of Yisrael, Es HaShav is La'asos. So that's what's demanded of us. Not just Zahira, not just Shmira, not just Kavit, not just Oneg, but all of those together creating a very special day for us. Okay, along the same lines, Shabbos. Another idea about Shabbos, as we get to talk about on a number of different parashiyas. Rav Pinkus points out that it never says about day seven in creation, Vayihi Erev, Vayihi Voker. That's only the first six times. And then Shabbos. There is no Vayihi Erev Evoker on Shabbos. Why not? It's also 24 hours, but there's no Erev. I'll throw in another question. Nobody ever says, this is also related to what we say. When we say, when we bid each other goodbye on Friday night, we never say goodnight. We say good Shabbos. When we see people in the morning, we don't say good morning as we would do the rest of the week. We say good Shabbos. Shabbos has no night. Shabbos is Kulo Or. In the Lubavitcher Rebbe's uh, biography, it says that the deal that his father-in-law made when he got engaged to his daughter, his wife, was that he wasn't allowed to sleep on Shabbos. 25 hours of light from HaKadosh Baruch Hu says that's you got to take advantage. Imagine if you have 25 hours in a treasure house and you get diamonds and the more you're going to sleep, I'm not going to sleep, I'll push myself. It's diamonds. So there's no, we, ne- we don't even say goodnight on Shabbos. We shouldn't say goodnight on Shabbos. We say good Shabbos. Shabbat Shalom. Right? We don't say Laila Tov. Why? It's all or. What does that mean? What does it mean that Shabbos is all light? There's no Erev. There's no Erev. It's just Yom HaShavas. Yom HaShvi. Says of Pinkus, he gives a mashal. Kedarko Bakodesh. Right? Zohar is Yom HaShavas. There's no night. Yom HaShavas. So he says, well, before the mashal, line 8. Amru Chazal, the Gemara says, Tashas Choshech v'hiloyla ze'olam hazeh, Olam is called night. Even the daytime 
It's called night. That's Olam Azeh. Shabbos is Or. What does that mean? He gives a mashal. Line 11. Mashal Echad Shara Telephone Al Chuti. Let's say you walked in from the 1800s into Tashinai and Dalit. And all of a sudden, you walk in and you see a telephone. Okay? Somebody explains to you a telephone. You see the cord. It goes into the phone lines. They point up to the phone line. Somehow, you like have a difficult time understanding it. But somehow, in these phone lines, you know, your voice travels and goes across and goes over there. Okay, you'll have a difficult time understanding that. But then, what happens if you then are shown a cordless phone? Cordless phone. There's waves. There's waves in the air that carry that that take the voice. They're waves. Like what one minute? There are there are waves. I, I have to see these waves. How am I going to see the waves? What does he do? Line fourteen. Maybe he goes to the local scientist and he says, "I need all of your special kalim, all of your." Super duper microscope, telescope, everything in the world. I need everything. The, the, the most powerful ones you have. I, 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 need, I need to see these waves. So I get all of these tools and I, and I look and I still don't find them. I take a telescope, I take a microscope, I take a magnifying glass, I take everything. Galim. Maybe telescope I bring a telescope that I'm able to see the stars a billion miles away. I didn't see it. Maybe Reshet. Okay, so I bring a net that has that's as tiny, tiny, tiny holes. It can catch any tiny little molecule of an insect. And I and I put it in the air while you're making a phone call. I, I don't catch the waves. I don't catch them. I look all over. I can't find them. Until finally, he says, line 21, says, there's these, these, these tools are worthless. This microscope, this telescope, it's worthless. They're, they're not perfect. Right? There's something so small that these, these, these things can't see it. Can't believe it. Sheker. You think this thing can show me everything? What does his friend say to him? You're using the wrong types of tools. You're using a tool that can catch something that's physical. These aren't physical. You're using the wrong tools. If you use the wrong tool, it's a qualitative difference, not a quantitative difference. If you're using those tools, you're never going to see them. See, he said, it's the same thing about Amuna. Line 26. Somebody, the average, an average, an average person, I want to see God. I want to see God. So I'm going to take out all my tools. All my tools to see God. I put on special glasses. Mark of Mishkafayim. Telescope, microscope. You don't see. So after a while, what does he say? Okay, he doesn't exist. What, the Chisarans in me? The Chisarans, I can see everything. There's nothing beyond me that I can't see. Right. So we sell him, you're using the wrong glasses. Just got to open your eyes. What are the tools you have to use? You have to use your seichel hayashar, intellect. You have to use a clear mind. 
You have to use an objective way of looking at the world and realizing that the fact that the entire world and the animal kingdom and how a baby is created and the tiny little, little these little these little liver and kidney, I mean, mamish needs them in the flows every day. All you have to do is wear the right glasses. If you don't wear the right glasses, you're never going to see anything. This world is darkness. So usually the whole week we have to put on the right glasses, which is Seichal HaYashar, which is thinking straight. Because it's all darkness. Hashem gives us a tool that lights it up for us. Lights up! You can see Hashem! That's Shabbos. Shabbos is Kulo Or. There's no darkness on Shabbos. Shabbos is a day that there's no creation. We don't create. We just note the created. And it's a day that we could sit back and the bottom of the page calls there Adshem Magia Shabbos Kodesh. The Shabbos because you deal like Chabesa Knesses. The Roa Eitzo Evan who Roa Elokus. Whenever we look around, that's the tool that Hashem gives us. During the week, we're so busy, we're so involved, we're so we can't sit. And it and it's PLF in our day and age when they can't go ten seconds when we don't feel a buzz or hear a ding. Or something from from the technological item that's on our waist, when, which we have to get a new one every year and a half because it's outdated. We, we we can't we can't function. And then comes Shabbos when we realize we can function, and we're not connected, and we're not mishubad, and it's the only day that we're that we're we're separate, and we can think about Hakadosh Baruch Hu. That's Shabbos. It's Kulo Or. Right, it's like the trying. If you don't have, we don't have Shabbos. It's, it's the different type of kli, and that's the mushal. And that's and that's why we don't say goodnight on Shabbos, because Shabbos is our tool that we have to use. Hashem to see Hakadosh Baruch. Okay, moving right along. So it is Parshas Kisisa. So we have to talk a little bit about the ego. So, a couple of thoughts related to the ego. Start with the first pasuk, the first pasuk in Parak Lamed Beis. Vayar ha'am ki boshesh Moshe l'aredes menahar. The am sees that Moshe is late. Boshesh Moshe l'aredes menahar. And they all gathered and they said to Aaron, make us a god. Again, we've discussed in the past five years, Aaron's role, which is one of the most enigmatic questions on the entire Torah. Aaron's role at the Chet Egel, And even at the end of the day, you know, yes, no, did he, didn't he, and every Rishon has his own cheetah. But let's focus on the first, first part of the Pasuk. Rashi quotes Boshesh's Lashon Ichor. Moshe was late. So we're going to have a couple of points related to that. Ask the Zayim Latorah of Zalman Saratskin. A different type of question that is usually asked. Usually the question is, how'd they do it? How did such a dark day fall so quickly? How did it happen? Such a such a mistake. They were so high and now they're they're so low. How is that? That's usually what we deal with. And what exactly was the Avera? Was it really a Vodazara? Was it not a Vodazara? Okay, all different kinds of questions about the nitty-gritty what was going through Am Yisrael's head. But Saratskin asked a different kind of question. A more universal, overarching question, and that is we know, even though Akadish Baruchu gives each person Bechir Chavshis, he is also orchestrating events from behind the scenes. And he has a hand in everything. Behind the scenes, yes, everybody has Bechir Chavshis. 
who to, who to vote for in a certain country, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in control of, of who wins every election. Even though everybody has Bechir HaKadosh Baruch Hu was behind the scenes. Yes, Rav Zalman Saratskin. Yes, they did the Aveira, they were convinced, the Erev, whatever it is. But how and why did Hashem let it happen? The Chet HaEgel. Right after it happens, what does Hashem say? Moshe, go! Why didn't he say that ten minutes ago? Moshe, they're about to do this. Quickly, go down. Prevent it. Why did Hashem let it happen? Again, what we're about to say has nothing to do with what was the Aveira, the Bechir Chavshis. That's all true. But the Azayla Torah is asking a question from behind the scenes. How and why? If we could ask such a question. Why did Hashem let it happen? Line 7. Lama asa Hashem kachalam skulaso? Lama arma lamoshe? Go down, your nation has, has, has uh, sinned. That's Terem Why did he save them? And then, look, he could have kept the first Luchos, and all of history could have been different. We wouldn't need the second Lucho. Why did Hashem let it happen? And obviously it was Bukavana that he didn't. He knew what was going on. But he told, and why did he tell Moshe right afterwards? Why didn't he just let Moshe go down? He obviously wanted Moshe to, to go down quickly. So why did he wait? That's the question. Says Rav Zalman Saratskin, says the Aznayim LaTorah. Rav Shua ben Levi tells us in Kiddushin, on line 17, I'm sorry, in Avodah Zarah, Kiddushin is going on there earlier. Lo asu Yisrael asu egal elitel peskon pelabali tshuva. Okay, that starts the answer. The Bnei Israel did the Egel to open the gates for Bali Tshuva. So that later on in history, a Baal Tshuva could say, oh, am I going to be able to do Tshuva? A whole nation got a Tshuva accepted. Okay, that already starts the process of our thinking. There's something larger behind the scenes. Says the Zayn Latar, an amazing Ha'ara. Maimon Har Sinai was one of the most unbelievable events in history. Kolos, Ubrakim, the whole world! I got a Sparkle's voice! How many non-Jews were inspired? Besides the Jewish people, how many other people in the entire world were moved by Maimon Harsinai? One. One. That's it. One Jew. One non-Jew. That's it. Says the Zion Torah. Maimon Harsinai and the Jewish people getting the Torah is not just about creating an Am Segula who are going to be a totally separate nation having nothing to do with the rest of the world and the rest of the world could fall and all end up again. That's not the purpose of the world. The purpose of the world is for Am Yisrael to be an Am Segula and be able to be an inspiration for the world. What does Hashem say to Moshe Rabbeinu right before Kabbalah Torah? He says, Moshe, go ask them to be a mamlachas kohen and v'goy kadosh. Moshe goes back and says, okay, they accept. And Hashem says, okay, now we can have Kabbalah Satorah. Pesukim in Parshas Yisro. Fascinating. Parshas Yisro. The only one. Says the Yazayim Torah. that's why Hashem let it happen. Because they accepted the Torah, but what about the rest of the world? It's a pretty radical idea. But look what he says, line 21. Shebnei Yisrael b'shaz kabolas ha-Torah tiknu eschait adam ha-Rishon. Avala tikin ha-zeh ha-yechelki v'lo tikin olamo ha-mekuveh. Ki lo nimshechu umos ha-olam achrei b'nei Yisrael. L'kabel gamalev al-achashmayim. B'nei Yisrael would have been all the way up here. And the rest of the nations forget it. No, no, no. 
Let them do the Egel, obviously with Bechir Chavshis, then they have to have a different type of existence. Luchoshnios, Psalacha, there was Averos, and then there was Tikkun, and that's what life's about. Being more human. There were mistakes made. I'm not going to stop you. But in that way, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu, top of the second column, Kimitzad Echad, on the one hand, Shishim Ribo Gvarim Nefchu Biomechel Omalachei Maro. Umaktim Nasev Nishma. We were unbelievable. Umitzad Sheini Ayin Umos Holchen Achrei Hevel Lishtachmos Lamasi Yadayim. One nation gets it and 70 nations forget it was, yes, it was their fault. It was the seven days that they refused. And yes, Am Yisrael, how can you do this? But this is part of the divine plan. Mamleches Khan in Vagai Kadosh. Not to be a separatist in that way, but to be an Orla Goyim. And that is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu required from Am Yisrael. And therefore, throughout history, that is our responsibility. And that is our job, and that's why Hashem let it happen, so to speak, says La Zion La Torah from behind the scenes. Okay, let's just go a little bit out of order for a minute. The next source is is a, a big one. Hopefully we'll get to it. Let's go to source 13 for a minute. Source 13, a charifus, as it would be called. A sharp thought from Shlomo Kluger. Source 13, also on the same Pasuk. Pasuk tells us, <coughs> Moshe Again, let's read it. Vayar ha'am ki boshesh Moshe l'aredes benahar. Moshe is late from coming down the mountain. Ezra Shlomo Kluger, what are those last two words doing there? The Pasuk could perfectly be understood without those last two words. Vayar ha'am ki boshesh Moshe, boshesh Moshe l'aredes. Where was he? They knew where he was. Why does it have to say min ha'har? He was late from coming down. Period. Please come down. Please come down the stairs. You don't have to say the last two words. Please come down. Moshe was late from coming down. What are those last two words? So, Rishlom Kluger says, obviously not pshat, but a hint to another idea. Says Rishlom Kluger in the Imre Shefer, Sefer on Chomish. Line 5. The Yezhla dies, the Tevis minahar miyutar, my nafkamina, im haya minahar, What difference does it make? Was it from one mount, from the mountain, from other place? Venere. We all know the Chazal, Shabbos, Peches, Rashi quotes it in, in Shmos, that Hashem held the mountain over our heads like a mount, like a barrel. How long did Hashem do that for? How long was the mountain over our heads? Like, right when we said Nasa Benishba, it went down? That was it? We accepted it? We've discussed in the past the relationship between Nasim and Ishma and Kafala and Archegigas. But he held the mountain over because he needed us to accept the Torah. When was the final stage of accepting the Torah? Says of Shlomo Kluger, when Moshe Rabbeinu received the Luchos. And he was told, time to go down. Imkain Muchach. We never think about this. You know how long the mountain was up on top of their heads? 40 days. 40 days and 40 nights. The Imkain. That was a lot of pressure they were under. If you think about it. Every, for 40 days they have this mountain over their head. And it puts the whole Egel into another, in a totally different context after this pressure that they were under. 
Let's continue reading. Kiva the Kabbalah Sator Nimshach Mem Yom. The entire process of Kabbalah Sator took 40 days. Im Kain Kol Mem Yom Hayahahar Tola Berifayon. The Hukbalamala. Shemaloy Kabbalah Sator. Moshe didn't come down yet. Remember why the ego they rejected? Who knows what was going to be? The Yachs Rabbi Gigis. He was, the mountain was over our heads for 40 days. Aval, Kivan Shaboa, Luchos Liad Moshe Rabbeinu. Once Moshe Rabbeinu got to Luchos, then it's Moshe's Arshliach. On behalf of all of Klai Yisrael. So at that moment when Moshe gets to Luchos on top of our Sinai, the heart goes back. The heart goes down. That was the day before. Remember, Moshe Rabbeinu needed 40 complete days. That was the miscalculation. The heart goes down. Moshe's not here. Moshe's not coming till tomorrow. The mountain already went down. see this. They realize Moshe Rabbeinu went up. They see the mountain go down. They're like, where's Moshe? Vayar ka'am. Kiboshesh Moshe Laredes. Moshe was delayed in coming min more than the mountain because the mountain already went down and Moshe's still not here. That's min as compared to the mountain going back. Kivan shekvar yaradar v'chazalim komo mizem muchach lekvar nigmar kabbalah zatara b'shleimus. And that's what was so difficult for them. But if you think about it, it puts the whole experience into another perspective. After this pressure that they were under for 40 days and 40 nights, and finally, thank God, we're still alive. And where's Moshe? But the emotional stress that they were under. We always say, oh, we wouldn't have done the ego. Of course we would have done the ego. We were just like them. The stress that they were under, and finally, the ego was a letting loose, obviously a sinful one. But it puts it into an entirely different historical perspective, but it gives us another insight into that Pasik. Moshe's Moshe Laredes, Min, Min Hahar, from the Mount. Okay. We'll see if we get back to the other one. Let me just mention to you the question. We discussed this question last year as well. Just to mention the question, I guess we'll have to save it for next year because I have one more that I want to do. The question that is asked is a Gemara Mesechas Yuma on Davsamachov, where a woman asked Rabbi Eliezer, why were there so many different punishments for the Egel? Why did some people get Saif and some people get Srefa? Some people. And Rebelezer answers, a woman's Chachm is only in sewing. That's the answer. What does that mean? So we discussed that last year from Rav There's an unbelievable answer right here you have in front of you from the Drashva Ha'iyun. Obviously, there's something much deeper than what's on the surface. But we wanted, we're going to end off with one other thought from Rav Mordechai Eliyahu in the last source. Source number 14. Can't end off with the ego. So, the end of the parsha, towards the end of the parsha, we have one of the three times that the Torah tells us, Lo Savasho Gedi Bachalevi Mo. The Isser of Basar Bachalav. Isser of Basar Bachalav. As we know, there is a minog on Shavuos to eat Basar Bachalav. Not Basar Bachalav, Basar Kama Chalav. Right? And what is, why is that? So there are various reasons given. You see in the beginning of source 14, Okay, it's related to the Malachim coming to visit Avraham. They ate Basar B'chalav, and we eat Basar and Chalav separately. Okay. But there's another version of that story. 
When the Malachim came to Avram Avinu, he brought them Basar and Chalaf. Kama Kama. Kisha'ala Moshe Rabbeinu Lamarom. When Moshe Rabbeinu went up to Harsinai many generations later, after, not so many generations later, after Avram Avinu, not too many, seven, right? Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Levi, Kahas, Amram, Moshe. So when those generations later, Moshe goes up. We know the Gemara has one version, the Medrash has another version. The Malachim say, "No way, we want the Torah. You're not giving the Torah to these human beings. We want it. This Torah has been around for centuries, for for lifetimes. We want the Torah." What does Hashem say? You ate at this person's Altazeda's house. Have some akaras atov, and the Torah is given. That's the version. Quoting Hagon Amakubal, Rabbi Yaakov Mutzpi. What, because of Akaras Atov, they're going to give away the whole Torah? Okay, Akaras Atov is an amazing midah. We're called Yehudim, Modeh, Leah, Hapam Modeh, Hashem. But because of Akaras Atov, the Malachim like, okay, take the Torah. So, he gives another mashal. A couple of mashal tonight. He gives a mashal. Much that you might have heard before. Story about a prince, a Ben Melech. Prince is talking to his father. And all of a sudden, the Sar Bitachon comes in. Minister of Defense comes in. I need a word with you. So the king says to his son, I'm, I'm sorry. Prince, you gotta, you gotta wait a minute. Just, just step outside for a minute and I'll be right out. Okay? The defense minister goes in. He talks to him for half an hour. He goes out. Right after that, the agriculture minister comes in. I, I just need a word. And all the ministers come. Dad! And the prince is very upset. And he gets sick. He gets terribly sick. And the king hears about it. He calls a doctor. The doctor looks at the son. He says, he's sick with Agmas Nefesh. He's in pain. Why is he in pain? Because he thinks that, you know, he's, he's low on the totem pole. He thinks you have the defense minister and the this and the finance minister. So the king says, wait a minute. He calls all the ministers in and said, hey guys, you put on a clown hat, you start juggling, you start this, you start that, put on a show for my son. And as the show is being put on, the son realizes that all of these ministers are really to serve him and his father. And really he is the prince. Really, all of them look like they're doing a certain purpose, but they're all to serve him. Malachim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, you're up here with me, you have all these different purposes, and I send you here and I send you there. But what happened when Avram got sick? I dressed you up and I sent you to be his guests because that's what he needed. He's the Iker, and you all are tefillin. It's not just HaKaras HaTov. But the Torah is for them because they are the chosen creations. And they are the ones that's the ultimate purpose of the world are those who have Bechir HaChavshis, fulfill. But that's the mashal, that the Malachim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, uses Malachim to serve us. Yes, they are on a higher spiritual level, whatever that means. But they're there to serve us. HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends the Malachim, Michael, Raphael, Gavriel, to serve human beings. And that's what we have to realize, says Eliyahu. We are the chosen creation. Not the angels and not the animals. But us, who have both animalistic and angelic qualities, 
as the Ramban says in Bereshis, Nase Adam Bitsalmenu Kid Musenu. The Ramban says, not like Rashi, Nase, we're made from earth and we're made from heaven. And that's what we have to use and we have to sanctify our lives in the greatest way possible to be, to fulfill that charge of having everyone serve us. Okay, we'll stop here. Hashem, we will uh, continue next week. Parshas Vayat.